The CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour podcast. I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander. And on this episode of the podcast, we are back talking about NBA basketball. And even though the season has started, we didn't want to leave out the Eastern Conference predictions. So I'm rejoined by Walter Agnich and Joel DeNicolo to go over our Eastern Conference playoff matchups, tiers, as well as predictions, but also get to player award predictions as well, too. So we're going to do this. We're going to do this in a, in a set of threes. Instead of the Western Conference, we're like one through eight seed. This year, since there is the play-in tournament, we're doing your top one through six teams, then your seven through ten, and then your teams that are not in the play-in tournament either. So, Joel, I'll let you go ahead and lead it off here, and we'll work our way from the bottom up. So, Joel, I'll get, let you go ahead and lead it off here with the teams that you don't think are going to make it into play-in tournament or in the playoffs. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, starting with the worst. Um, I think that's very similar to uh, the worst teams last year. Uh, I, I don't see a lot of improvement in any of those bottom tier teams uh, that closed out the last season on the east side. Um, you know, starting with the worst of the worst, Chicago Bulls. Um, I, I don't see much improvement. Uh, I know Zach Levine's one hell of a player, but at the same time, uh, the surrounding pieces just do not um, do not come out at, as a team that can uh, you know get out of the getting out of the bottom of the, the that bottom tier. So I got Chicago finishing last. Uh, I got Detroit uh, not too far along, uh, right right in front of them. Uh, it's a reason that they're always in the lottery. It seems like season after season, of course. Um, you know, even though they get a you know nice draft draft pick for France, um, I don't think he's the type of guy that's yeah same same thing. I don't think he's going to be uh, you know pulling him out. Uh, Blake Griffin seems like he's uh, drifted away from the West and almost just dis- disappeared from the NBA almost as far as being relevant. And I think that's going to continue this season. Uh, Orlando Magic, uh, almost identical roster uh, minus you know really Cole Anthony for the most part uh, of what they left uh, uh, last year with. Um, so again, I don't see any improvement there with Orlando Magic. Uh, the Knicks will you know at least for the time being be the Knicks. Uh, they have zero All Stars, haven't in a while, and uh, they're obviously this year. Um, you know even though they did get a you know, I believe the Player of the Year college wise with Obi Toppin, um, he's not going to be able to uh, bring him out of the uh, the, the, the muck. <laughs> of the bottom of the east um and then uh if we're going to do it like you had mentioned with the three tiers um and uh you know naming the 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 bottom five um then i'm going to close out my my bottom five that will not be eligible to make the playoffs nor the play-in tournament uh with the uh, charlotte hornets even though they did get uh you know some flash with the lamella ball um, I don't see them, you know cracking uh, uh um you know getting into that middle tier of of competition all right, I, I don't know if Walter's going to disagree with you a lot or a little bit, but Walter, I'll let you go ahead and take it here with uh, your uh, pick for the bottom five. I, I appreciate that, Calvin. I appreciate the platform. First, I, I think we need to bring up what's happening in the Western Conference. Uh, just for just a brief second, um, Joel, do you know who's first in the, the West right now? Who's number one in the Western Conference? I know you prepped for the East. We're going to talk about the East. We are going to talk about the East, but something miraculous is happening in the West. Who knew trading Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, we actually go to the number one seed in the West? Wow. I mean, uh, is, is, am I seeing George Hill? Or no, seeing, all, all I'm seeing is there, there's one team in the NBA that's played one game. Um, and ironically, uh, the Thunder, what, I think it took a, a Shea last-second shot to pull that one game that – the Thunder's played uh, to, to get that W. So enjoy it while you can. Thanks for the screenshot that you sent me at 7 a.m. this morning. Reminded me of the standings that was uh, very diluted and uh, deceiving. Uh, so enjoy. I mean, your... motto, Are we number one or not? I mean, you can't have it both ways. Enjoy it while you got it. I believe the Thunder, what they play, they play at home tonight versus the Jazz. And, well, we know what's going to happen tonight. I mean, Chesapeake's going to be rocking tonight. We're first in the West. Let's keep it going. <laughs> I mean, how about that? Okay, I'm sorry, Calvin. I'll get back on the subject. No, All you're right. good. You're good. We're waiting for this Thunder game since March 11th, so hopefully in canter <laughs> won't uh, suspend the NBA season yeah. again. But go ahead. Yeah, hopefully. Okay, I'll start with my uh, bottom five are not going to make the play-in tournament. Uh, we're going to go first with the Detroit Pistons. Uh, yeah. obvious reason. Uh, and, and there's no particular order for these bottom five. I just don't think – you can put them in any order, really – I, I don't think they'll have any relevance. 
Uh, we got the Bulls, obviously, Billy Donovan. I think they're going to be a little bit better, but I just think that the Eastern Conference is the teams ahead of them are just going to keep it rolling, keep them out. Uh, the Hornets, again, the Thunder beat the Hornets, uh, and we're I know I know the Thunder are number one in the West. Um, however, Hornets they got Gordon Hayward, they got Ball. Uh, you know, we'll see if they end up trading for Vujovic or making some other kind of trade to get them. But for the time being, they're going to be stuck at the bottom. Uh, of course, we have the New York Knicks. Um, is there really anything that needs to be said? I know R.J. Barrett is going to be um, is, is probably going to be a, a more improved player. So um, we will see there. And then last but not least, we have the Cavs. Uh, Cavs, um, granted, the uh, Cavs are number one in the East. So now, Calvin, let's move on to my play-in games. At number 10, I have the Orlando Magic. Man. Uh, it's kind of interesting of where we have them, just because the rumors that they may trade Vujovic. Um, granted, they have Evan Fournier, um, and and it's interesting to think that you, Aaron Gordon is such is so talented, but it just seems like he's going to be a ten and ten guy his entire career. So that's why I have him at number ten, uh, just depending on what the roster is going to end up looking like for him. Um, at number nine, another team that may have a roster shakeup. I have the Indiana Pacers. I love Victor Oladipo. Obviously, Joel, you can agree he became a superstar thanks to Russell Westbrook and his training of him. Um, but again, we don't know where he's going to end up. Um, is he going to stay on the Pacers? That's why I have them in nine. At number eight, I'm very excited for this team. They've been playing very well, even with a hurt Danilo Gallinari. We have the Atlanta Hawks, Trey Young. Man, he's going to be another. He's going to have another All Star uh, All Star year. Who knows, he might be able to crack the All-NBA team, playing really well. I'm excited for the Hawks. At number seven, not really excited about, but, you know, they're, just, they're always going to be in the mix. Got the Toronto Raptors, Kyle Lowry, 5CP. It's just interesting team. They're always, you know, Nick Nurse is a heck of a coach. Granted, they lost Serge Ibaka. They've lost Mark Gasol, even though Mark really wasn't playing towards the end of the year. Very interested to see um, how they retool. but. With a, with a player like Pascal Siakam, they're going to be there. He is a superstar. At number six, we have Russell Westbrook. He will not be denied, Joel. He will not be stopped. I know it's been off to a rocky start. He will get it turned around. Him and Bradley Beal, they won't even have to worry about the playing game because they're going to be in at number six. At number five, we have the new Daryl Morey-led 76ers, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. Maybe James Harden and minus who really know for James Harden they will be in. At number four we have the Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum, superstar. Kimball Walker, how long is he going to be missed out due to injury? Don't know, but they will definitely be vying for the top spot in the East. At number three. The Eastern Conference champs last year, the Miami Heat, they're not going anywhere. Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, Duncan, we've got Jimmy Butler. There's just too much talent on that team. They're not going anywhere. At number two, very impressive first game. A few, few games, Joel, I think you might agree with Kevin Durant. So my number two team is the Nets. Wow, has it looked like he hasn't blown out his Achilles, at least for the first part. Granted, he's going to be resting tonight. He's going to be missing back-to-backs. So he, there is a small chance. You know, with him missing games, shortened season, they won't get that high. But, man, they looked really good when they were playing well. And number one, we have the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis. You just can't say enough about Giannis. I mean, he's going to be vying for the MVP again. Drew Holiday was added. They've got Brooke Lopez. You know, they should be the number one seed again. Uh, we'll see if it can finally transition into playoff success. Hey, well, before we get to Joel's top, Top ten here. I'm gonna say at least my um, non, you know, non uh, playoff hopes or dreams, and then get to my uh, playing tourney here, and then we'll have Joel go through his top ten here, and then I'll round it off with my uh, one through six. So, not in the playoffs. I'll just, I mean, Cleveland Cavaliers. They didn't get better this offseason. Period. Their draft pick. It's not gonna make that much of an improvement. They've got the clog at center. That's now they don't have, you know, Tristan Thomas anymore, but. I mean, they've got still Drummond and Love, and I mean, they've got it. They're stretching to get guys minutes. Um, on top of that, the Knicks, I 
I think Obi Toppin's great. I think Obi Toppin could possibly win Rookie of the Year just because he's going to get a ton of minutes. He's playing in New York, and he'll definitely be making news. But besides that, that's what the Knicks got to hope for is that R.J. Barrett gets like most group player of the year or Obi Toppin gets Rookie of the Year. There's really not much else they're going for right now, at least. Um, next up there is Billy Donovan and the Chicago Bulls, which their 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 roster year over year just needs more and more help. Uh, Zach Levine's contract just seems like it's a pretty good deal at this point, but it just needs he needs more guys around him. Laurie Markkinen needs to be that dude, and he's not yet. Um, and they they need other help on the roster too. And then right here, um, I have the Hornets as the team where I think, hey, the Hornets may be in the playing tournament, may not. But the team that I have right above them is the Atlanta Hawks. And the reason why I'm just not that high on the Hawks here is that I think I have the Hawks technically at like 10 wow. and the Hornets at like 11. The key reasons are is that right now, Danilo Gallinari is day-to-day. He's played a full, healthy, hey, I'm totally good season one out of the last 10 seasons where he hasn't missed more than 12 games. And this year with a shortened year, they will need that spacing and that shooting with Gallinari he's not able to play, then, I mean, then they're looking at Kevin Herter. You know, so there there is a drop-off there for sure. Clint Capella's not playing right now either. And although I think that the Hawks made a lot of great moves, Rajon Rondo's not really proven to be the dude just to train up a rookie point guard or a younger point guard, especially if they're playing better than him. So I don't really buy into the Rondo's going to train... Trey Young to play at least team defense even and the rest of the Hawks roster is just you know I mean they got DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish starting right now they've got two super super young guys who I don't think are gonna make all-star teams this year or next year in the next two or three and those guys are starting from right now so the Hawks just have a lot of injury stuff going on it's not necessarily another slam against Trey Young I mean Ice Trey is from Oklahoma City but it, it that's where I'm at at the Hawks at least um, next year I do have the Orlando Magic, and the Magic I think are just a little bit better because, yeah, they still have Vucevic, yeah, they still have, um, you know, a couple other guys on the roster who I think, you know, not too bad, they have Evan Fournier, and then Cole Anthony I think is a good point guard for him, he's another guy who could have rookie of the year type of talks and chances if he makes a big difference for the Magic. Now, Magic barely make the playoffs every single year, and then they almost laughably just win that first game of the playoffs. If R is the eighth seed, can knock off one seed. I don't see it happen. I don't see Magic making a big, big, huge improvement or anything like that, but I just still see him back in the playoffs. I don't think they dropped it all um, in their seeding, really. And then next up here, I have the Pacers, which I'm not too high on the Pacers. I think they're definitely a playing tournament team, but the Eastern Conference got a lot better to me this year. Teams that were not in the playing tournament and that did not make the playoffs are now making the playoffs. So that's gonna move that's gonna move them down a couple of spots at least. And then the Wizards, I think the Wizards are the last playing tournament team here. Russell Westbrook's not gonna be denied getting to the playoffs. Neither is Bradley Beal, neither is the rest of that whole team. Uh Denny Avija, who's coming over from Israel. Looks like he's been playing in the league for, you know, 10 years, but that's just because he's good shot selection within two games. I'm not going to get too overhyped about it necessarily. At the same point, they do have uh, Bertons. They do have a couple other guys on the floor who are able to shoot really well, and that's going to be able to surround Russ. So with taking my Homerisms and the uh, Russell Westbrook posters that are throughout the house here in Oklahoma City kind of out of my head, I will say I, I, I think that the Wizards, as a seventh seed, doesn't seem like that's too bad. Because in a normal year, that means they barely finish over 500 in the East, and Westbrook's doing that. Westbrook's finishing over 500 in the Eastern Conference, um, and more or less here. Bradley Beal is still younger than I am, and I'm 27, so he's going to have a great chance to get them improving and, and doing better too. So those are my at uh, least you know seven through 15 um, in the Eastern Conference. Joel, what about you for the uh, your, your you're playing in your top seeds as well. Galvin and Walter, man, you guys love some Russell Westbrook, don't you? I mean, well, he's, the, he's, only, he's only the greatest point guard to ever play the game. But, yeah, go ahead, Joel. Whatever you want to bash about <laughs> Russell Westbrook. Oh, my goodness, man. Um, you're, you're seeing his shooting percentages already out the gate, right? I mean, he's, he's struggling. Oh, okay. he's, missed a few, he's missed a few shots. But, you know, it hurts <laughs> when his own teammate, Thomas Bryant, is tipping in baskets on his own goal. I he's saw that. Awesome. That was that was really interesting. I did see that. That was, Yeah, uh, that doesn't help out a lot at all. But I think, I mean, at the end of the day, these playing tournament teams, we're asking them, are they going to finish 
a little bit under or a little bit over 500. And that's, that's, I mean, Westbrook being uh, like, you know, a, and the Wizards being a 10 win over 500 team, I don't see that happening, but a little bit over, it's not too big of a stretch in my mind. Okay. Okay. You, you know how many three pointers uh, Westbrook's hit so far this season, right? I do not, although it doesn't ever I mean, really no. matter with him. Zero! Like his, oh, well, I guess not like his jersey number. Like, I guess like his Thunder and Rockets jersey number, but yeah, big old fat zero. Woo! All right. Okay. Well, how many triple doubles has he had, Joel? How many oh, wins does he have? Well, he tri- he's triple doubled every game. Oh, how many? Okay. How many wins does he have? Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. okay. I've recently we'll, learned we'll, that we'll Joel is we'll a USC fan, and because of that, I'm sure that hate doesn't stem from Westbrook playing with the Bruins <laughs> at all. So, anyways, no, it really just stems from Walter, to be honest. Sitting yeah. next to him for multiple years, I, 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 it's funner to me to, to 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 pick the opposite side. I think the the conversation goes a little a little better and and, and more entertaining. So. I really don't hate the guy, but uh, with Walter around, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to come off uh, as a Westbrook hater if, if Walter's in the conversation. Oh, for sure. I mean, well, I- who are your playing teams though? Because I think you still have the Wizards as a team you haven't named yet, so they got to be at least playing for you, right? <laughs> tournament team for you, right? I do, oh, I, I do. But well, Walter had him at six, um, so he had him in that top tier. I do have him in the middle of the pack teams of that seven through ten. So my seven through ten. Uh, um surprisingly is obviously you know um at cleveland i think um uh, and i i think we're gonna get it uh to it later uh with most improved player um it, it's part of the reason why uh with uh colin sexton there's a the cat's out of the bag on that one um but i think with, with uh, i love the combination of of sexton and garland and and then adding a koru oh I, I love that uh, i love what they've developed it looks like kevin love's actually going to play you know, hopefully more than you know, fifty percent of the games this season, which is just going to be great for them. Andre Drummond, and then they added a champion, a two-time champion, JaVale McGee. When you add championship pieces, man, I'm telling you, it's contagious. It's contagious. He's going to get on my case about Russell Westbrook, and he's literally <laughs> picking a team that's filled with nothing but old sinners that can't run. He's talking about three pointers. How many? Three but boy, can they block is, shots and rebound? They can block shots and rebound. How many three pointers is Andre Drummond gonna make? How he doesn't need to. Got Kevin Love. He's gonna make zero. He has Kevin Love out there. It'd be ridiculous. Uh, okay, so you're at least admitting that Kevin Love is the superstar because of Russell Westbrook. You're at least admitting oh, that. So thank you. you UCLA. I mean, come on. Everything has to tie in, doesn't it? Wow, unbelievable. All right, so there's. We're still talking about you know if. In the traditional format of seeding, I am literally still talking about a 10 seed. Uh, obviously, it's only into this conversation of this middle tier, 7 through 10, uh, with this new play-in format. Um, so Cleveland, I got them at 10. Uh, barely, you know, squeaking right above them. I got the, that Westbrook team uh, because of Bradley Bill and his dominance of dropping 30 balls every single night. Uh, I think you got to have Washington there. I think they will. I know they're slow out the gate, which is kind of unique with this podcast. I know, obviously, uh, I did fall ill this past week, and schedules kind of got a little crazy. So we are recording this, obviously, almost what uh, we're almost a full week into this. Well, the season started a week ago tomorrow, right? Um, so we're almost a full week. So we kind of got a little. Uh, if we're going to keep it real between us three, uh, I think maybe our answers and our predictions might have slightly been altered because we got a sneak preview just a little bit. Um, but with the Wizards, obviously, um, you'll get slow at the gate. Uh, we're we're well, we're zero and three, right? Zero uh, and three with the Wizards. Is, it, is that right? Uh, I don't think it really it matters is. right now. Yeah, yeah. I think they're right there, tied with the Bulls, zero and three. So um, they they already got a hole to come out of, right, Walter? Yeah, uh, it's a tiny. <laughs> uh, it'll be fine. And, and granted, Westbrook's already missed the game, and you got Thomas Bryant scoring on his own bucket. Uh, you can't really, you can't really fault the Wizards. Uh, they should really be. Uh, well, it, well, keep in mind, and uh, I think you no one, that's that's their adjusted gross uh, <laughs> record right now is at a two and one. So you, it is actually factually incorrect for you to say they're zero and three, Joel. How about that? <laughs> well, we, they still haven't had uh, Hachimura come back yet. Obviously, it sounds like he had. Uh, I think he has pink eye in both eyes, if I remember reading the report right, which is just unfathomable that an NBA player not only would get pink eye, but in both eyes. And then it, it's going to cause them to miss, I think, you know, pushing, you know, eight to 10 games, which is, that's, that's a tough way to start a season. Um, so yeah, once he gets, I, I think they will, on once he gets back. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, uh, he'll, he's probably hanging out with Daniel house, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. So, um, 
that's what uh nine to ten to nine um and then at the eight seed um going atlanta hawks uh, i i am i'm running with it man i i love the uh uh, Trey Young's development here in these first few years of his career and then the addition and I'm a big John Collins guy goodness gracious I love some John Collins man I love the way he plays basketball uh, I challenge you guys to really really dissect his game he is one hell of an NBA player um, paired up you know obviously with, with some new additions um, again you're adding championship pedigree adding t- players like Rondo to the team uh, I think those those cannot go uh, um I discount it, man. That, that's huge. Uh, adding Bogdanovich, obviously one of the hottest topics over the offseason about all that crazy jazz that went on. You know, with, he went to one team. It didn't approve all that all that junk. Um, Clint Capella, obviously he joined the team last year, didn't get to play uh, for him last year, and now he's, he's going to be added to the mix. So uh, I like uh, Atlanta at my eighth spot. And then to close out my seven through, team, seven through ten uh, playing teams, um, man, uh, I think uh, – let me see uh, – Let's see, Walter, you had – oh, no, actually, oh, wow, me and Walter actually agreed on something. I got Toronto Raptors. I got Toronto Raptors. Uh, I, I know last year uh, they, they finished, uh, I believe, at the number two spot last year, right behind Milwaukee by a couple games. Um, I just uh, – Calvin, you said it earlier. The East just got better. They got better. So it's not even a, the, the big knock on – on uh on toronto but I, i'm real big on what did you do in the off season how much did you really improve and then it comes into play on how did everybody around you improve and i think this is one of the probably one of the biggest leaps for the entire conference um uh so this is more uh, putting toronto there dropping them literally down from two all the way down to seven in one season just more more for the uh, uh situation of the, all the other teams around them getting better yeah, I, Hawks very interesting. Oh, sorry, Calvin. No, no, you're good. You're good. I was just going to say that it's not as though the Heat had a bunch of trades, you know, or anyone else in the Eastern Conference had a, had a bunch of trades. But it is interesting. The Eastern Conference, I feel like we know more about them than the West. You know, the Western Conference, as we said on the last podcast, seeds two through seven going to the playoffs last year were kind of up and down. That you know, the Clippers and the Mavericks were separated by you know five games or so, but everyone else, the three through six, wasn't. Uh, they're separated by a game or two. Whereas the Eastern Conference, it feels as though we are making these tiers. And yeah, maybe right at the line there, there's a couple of teams who could. But then there's clear and distant favorites. And so, for example, here I have, I think the Nets will be a little bit better than the Bucks this season. But because we are going to see Kyrie and Katie sit out back-to-backs, all type of stuff. I do have the Bucks as number one seed. And the Nets just right behind them at number two. Um, following that, I think that the Sixers and the Celtics, I think both of them... Not necessarily got a ton better this season, but they're just going to be able to play better as a team, if that makes any sense at all. I I think that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown not having to give any minutes at all to Gordon Hayward is going to be really beneficial for them. They're going to be able to see better. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be able to see better time playing with you know their guys, and they won't be having to give that up to Gordon Hayward. Not that Gordon Hayward's bad, but he's not them. They are younger guys who need the need the experience, need the playing time. Period to get better every single season. Tatum hit that step back three bank shot in over Giannis, which was incredible. And it just kind of goes to show you a forecast of the playoffs when Giannis didn't make the clutch free throws to win the game. Well, he doesn't make the clutch free throws in the playoffs to win the games yet, at least. So I'll hold that one there for a second. But that's that's what I'm thinking as far as that goes. And then after that, it's like the Heat and then the Raptors. I'm, I'm really skeptical on the Raptors just because... Now we're multiple seasons removed from Kawhi. Now we're, you know, no Marcus Gasol. Now we're no Serge Ibaka. But at the same time, the Raptors always seem to figure out a way just to kind of be in there. And they could be the Eastern Conference Spurs for, for that matter. For at least another couple seasons while they have these young guys. They re-upped Fred Van Fleet. They still have Kyle Lowry. They have OG Ananubi, you know, coming back. They have Pascal Siakam, as Walter said, who's... I don't know necessarily a superstar, but he's definitely still really, really good. And we could see him <laughs> take another leap. So those, and then the heat, I I want to say, Hey, you know what? The heat were a ton of fun to watch. And I like watching Bam out of bio. And I like watching Jimmy Butler. I love the idea of having just shooters, just nonstop running around off of screens and Duncan Robinson and a little bit of Tyler here, although he's able to create a shot a lot more than Duncan. Don't get me wrong. But with that being said, Goran Dragic, his health is going to matter a lot through this whole season. He's been banged up in the past. He's banged up there and in the playoffs. 
I just, I just really, really hope that the Heat are not like a flash in the pan. Like, oh my gosh, they had everything work out really well for them. But I also love that like Heat mentality that they've got going of like, it's us versus the world, us versus them. We're just going to go for it. And I would really love to see the Heat play the Nets at some point in the playoffs. I think that'd be an incredible series because you have basically a team that is kind of like, we're going to grind out wins. We're going to hit, you know, open shots. We're really going to take it to you versus a team who's probably going to outscore everyone in the whole league in the nets at least when their starters are in and then when their starters are not in like tonight when you know Walter was saying with the nets it'll be a little bit different so those are my um you know those are my one through six there and I think the heat and the sixers could definitely slide and be a little bit different but as I said in an earlier podcast I think that Seth Curry addition for the sixers and I think that the um you know, the trade of Josh Richardson to the Mavs was a win-win for both teams, and I think that could help the Sixers out a lot with Seth Curry being able to get his own shot there, kind of a six-man type of guy at least. We'll see, of course, but be able to do some stuff there with, um, you know, with the Sixers too. So, Joel, who do you have for your your top here? Ooh, One through six, save the best now. for last year a little bit. I got to mix it up, and I, 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 want, I want to steer the pot a little bit. You know, you guys both... Um, you know, uh, your one, two, uh, obviously were identical, uh, with Milwaukee, you know, taking care of the East, uh, and, and Brooklyn Nets taking care of the second spot. I'm also really big on Brooklyn again. Um, you know, the, the, the small preseason, I believe what there was four preseason games this season. And then we've seen a couple games already here this past week. And, uh, of course, you know, Kyrie and Kevin Durant look like uh, uh, maybe maybe their little alter egos and just their sensitivity just matches up perfectly for them on the court. And uh, they look like a, a, a stud team. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I am done with Milwaukee. I am done, done. I cannot, I cannot stand watching them play basketball. I cannot stand watching Giannis play basketball. I hate their bench. Have you guys looked at Milwaukee's bench? Joel, Joel you're peppering the gumbo right now. Oh my Come God! On. I I'm sorry. I, I I gave them. You know, yeah, they won a whole bunch of games, and it's still kind of mind blowing these last couple of years that they have won that many games. But I'm done. Uh, I I'm no. They they are all the way down to my sixth spot. Um, wow. I you don't think the Drew Holiday addition oh, is helpful? You don't think the Drew uh, Holiday addition is helpful? He's he's all right. Uh, he he he's not much better than Eric Bledsoe in my opinion. He's all right, uh, but it's not even so much about him. It's just their style of play. Obviously, you know Wes, Wesley Matthews, you know knew what to do with his career and to get away from just a, a, a team that's just overhyped and come over with the champions. Uh, he is no longer there, so they're starting guys like uh, Dante. Uh, and then you got uh, you still got Robin Lopez. That's a that that just Robin Lopez is 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 a is a uh, um, I'm sorry, <laughs> Burke is a starting uh, center in the NBA. That's just mind blowing. But the bench, I, I'm sorry, I just can't get over the bench, man. I mean, with with, with Forbes and Connaughton and, and, and DJ Will, that that that's, that does nothing for me. I'm so so that Tory so Craig. There. Come on, you can't you can't let go of Tory Craig and Jalen Adams <laughs> wow, here. I mean, really. Yeah. So 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 there's my wild championship mentality. I mean, come on, Joel. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't equate into NBA championships though at the same time. So uh so there it is. So I got Milwaukee at my sixth spot. Um a team that I think uh let me I, I was trying to keep up with you guys. Yep, you both um so yeah, I, I like this. We got a little conflict. Um you guys were not high on, which I am much higher on than you guys are, and that's the Pacers. Um I Man, uh, and Walter's going to be like, who, who the hell is talking right now? Sabonis? He is the oh, man. He oh, is yeah, the I man. I, I, yeah, I, I think he had to get away from the 405 or something. Uh, it probably has to do with the maturity and growing up and really coming into play. Having a dad as an NBA player obviously is definitely huge for him. He has found his niche in Indiana. Um, and, and I think he, him and, and, and Victor – um, you know, they got the, the holiday brothers over there, you know, tapping in and, you know, with, with, with Justin and Aaron over there, uh, miles Turner knows his role. And then you got that dog out there. You got the, you got that TJ Warren. Woo. You want to get a bucket, man. Watch him play. So, uh, so yeah, I got Indy, Indy at my five spot. Um, I think, uh, I know Walter had Boston at four. I also have Boston at four. Calvin, where is Boston on your list? But yeah, Boston's like right there, three or four, basically. Uh, they're with the okay. Sixers, but I'll say four for all intents and purposes. 
Okay, yeah, they're going to win win a lot of games. They're going they're going to sniff sniff that championship, but uh, I think they'll be on uh, just right in that you know quote unquote final four. Um, Philadelphia, uh, man, I think I think I think we're all kind of waiting for it. We're predicting it. Um, you know, with Doc going over there, still being able to keep you know the, the their centerpieces with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. You know, those are big time players. And then you know, I think the Tobias Harris. You know, I don't think he's gotten the credit. You know, his whole NBA career, he's kind of always you know been either on a bad team or on a good team but you know the third best player and he's still in that situation which in Philly situation that's good for him for them um and then you're adding championship pedigree with Danny Green in the lineup buddy I'm telling you those championship that knowledge that experience with with Danny and Doc going over to Philadelphia that might be what they're missing so I got I got Philly at my third my three spot uh kind of already you know uh got we got the, the preview with Brooklyn Nets um Enough said, obviously, with two uh, literally superstars. Uh, I got them finishing the two. And then you guys, again, the seeding's not – we're not picking championships and, and, and right. Eastern Conference right. Finals yet. We're talking about just how, how it's going to all shake out. Um, Miami Heat, uh, I think that might you know catch you guys by surprise. But um, I think what they were able to accomplish uh, in the bubble last year – um, you know, they, they swept the Indiana Pacers in the first round. Uh, they beat again, the team that I am not a fan of. They, they dang near swept them, uh, four one with the Milwaukee Bucks. And then they took care of, you know, Boston Celtics seems to be, you know, popular picks, you know, outside of us three to, to possibly compete for a championship. They took care of them in the Eastern conference finals. And, and goodness gracious, there's nobody that was able to get a second win over the Lakers and the entire uh, playoff run uh, than the Miami Heat. Uh, I mean, Lakers took care of everybody prior to that in five games, and it, it went to six with them. So I'm sticking with that. Uh, I, I, I like uh, the maturity. I like the pieces that they have in Miami. Uh, Jimmy Butler has that dog mentality. And, man, Duncan Robinson, that dude just doesn't miss. You're, t- you're talking uh, – Clay Thompson, you know, uh, you know, uh, hate, I hate that we're going to have another season without Clay Thompson. But, hey, sorry, Clay. Welcome, welcome to the, the top top three point shooter. You're right there with Steph Curry in the NBA, Duncan Robinson, a huge piece, a huge championship piece uh, for them. Um, <clears throat> Bam Adebayo, uh, man, I mean, uh, another player. I think uh, even though he's still really really young, um, I think he's he he's he 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 could make the leap. He could make. We always talk about that leap. I think he's right there uh, uh, in there. And then you got veterans like you know still with Goran Dragic coming off the bench. Um, Andre Godala again, championship pedigree on your team. Uh, I got Miami finishing the number one seed. I think that Miami thing is almost insane that you think they're going to finish number one seed because <laughs> we we've seen every single year that Milwaukee just doesn't miss a lot of games. Their guys don't miss a ton of games, and yeah, they they don't bring back the exact same rosters as last season. But, I mean, is it that much different? They still have Chris Middleton, who they're paying a ton of money to, of course, but they still have him. They still have Drew Holiday. And, of course, they have Giannis, who I don't think is going to win the MVP. In fact, I don't have him as any shot to win the MVP of the season because it's kind of MVP fatigue. But as a regular season guy, as you said, we're not picking the playoffs. As a regular season team, I don't think the Bucks are bad at all as a regular season. I just think it's once we get past the regular season, that's where I think the Bucks have shut their flaws. It's almost... It's almost flip-flop for me in my brain with the Heat and the Bucks. once we hit the playoffs. You know, once we hit the playoffs, it's, hey, the Heat could take on anyone. Now, once the Bucks hit the playoffs, it's, I don't know. You got to show me something. You know, I mean, the way they lost to the Heat last year, too. Granted, I know Giannis went out, but still, it just wasn't, it wasn't enough. And the Heat did a really, really good job. They, in my mind, could have taken the Lakers to seven games if Bam had been healthy the whole time or if Dragic had been healthy the whole time. Now, would they have won? Probably not. That we saw how good the Lakers were in the playoffs, and we saw how good they were in the finals, of course. But I think the Heat are incredibly good. It's just getting to that point at the end of yeah, I think the Bucks and I think Giannis is going to play almost every single game. You know, I, I think losing like on Christmas Day was that Giannis's like you know first game in prime time, or excuse me, he won that game, but he lost the first one you know, on the twenty second or whatever against the Celtics. And that, I think, is going to stick with them a little bit more, maybe give them a little more energy and effort or whatever it is. But Giannis didn't even have a great game at all against the Warriors. And the Warriors are not good. Don't get me wrong. But 
they still won by 40 and Giannis didn't have a great game. So he doesn't have to have a great game every single night to win, clearly. And that's that's got to be big for him as long as Drew Holiday, again, can stay healthy. I'm big on the whole health factor this year because of COVID, but, be also, but also because it's 10 less games, you know? Um, we're gonna, I also think that we're going to see a lot, a lot of guys sit out games this year just because it's a back-to-back or, or whatever. But also, when fans are in the arena, it's not necessarily me going, hey, I know who I could sell my Thunder versus Lakers ticket to in Oklahoma City. Oh my gosh, somebody in Oklahoma City is going to take that ticket for 200 bucks because they want to see, yeah, they want to see the champions, but also because they want to see LeBron in Oklahoma City. Whereas this year, a week out from the game, LeBron could still be potentially playing, but then say no two days before and the ticket price drop. And I think that's going to add in a lot of how that all the seating works out at the end of the day. Because, I mean, I really hope there are fans, of course, by the end of the season. I hope, I think everyone does, but me especially. At the same point, if there aren't, and especially for the first part of it, okay, yeah, we're playing the Hornets. All right, well, I think an Anthony Davis-led team can beat the Hornets. I think, a you know, a Kyrie-led team can beat the Hornets. But also, the Nets aren't that bad where they have to have both those guys even in there to beat some of these teams that we're talking about in the bottom five. I think it's going to be interesting here when we do like a mid-season report or whatever to see how much of the stuff has changed for each of us. Because right now, my feeling is a lot of these teams are going to play a lot of games. But I'm just not that high on the Pacers because Victor Oladipo hasn't seemed like himself. And until I do see uh, TJ Warren play incredibly well, I'm not that high on TJ Warren and the Pacers, to be honest, until I see something that was like in the bubble, too. But it again... We're doing this like a week, you know, into the season. So you kind of got a little bit of dipping your toes in the water as far as the season goes. And then again, we also don't know that much at all because it's only three games max into the season. Of course, one for the Thunder and Rockets, but three games max total for you know, every <laughs> team. So, I mean, Calvin, you hit the nail right on the, the, the hammer right there that LeBron James wants nothing to do with Lou Dort, and that's why he's going to set out the Lakers-Thunder game. Oh, my God. What? A very insightful of you. I agree 100%. Joel Shagan said yes in agreement. I can't wait to see the Jazz just destroy the Thunder tonight. You know, Walter, I got to oh. say, I didn't know Lou Dort's abilities extended beyond the area of the NBA playing court, but Harden still was trying to miss him even when um, even when Lou Dort was, hadn't matched up against him yet. <laughs> they ended up canceling uh, the game, so Lou Dort didn't have to match up against James Harden. Uh, I know. He's still haunting his nightmares. I mean, I mean how about that? I think Donovan, Donovan Mitchell might have – he might score his jersey number tonight on Lou. I, I would love to see the Jazz do well because I think it would be such an awesome series to see the Jazz play the Lakers because they have Rudy Gobert. I don't know who else in the entire world is going to match up with, I mean, LeBron and AD. But Donovan Mitchell, I mean, he's incredible. He, he's one of my guys where I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on watching several guys in the NBA season, maybe in like – a week or two from now, that's what we do the podcast about of like, which like three guys would you take to, you know, start your roster out tomorrow or whatever. And we do like a mini draft is between three of us. But right now, Donald Mitchell would be really high up in that category for me just because he did score 50 in the bubble multiple times in the playoffs. That mm-hmm. That's not, I think, the, I, I just don't know how much we can rely on the bubble stuff passing on to this season. Because you hear on one hand, oh, it's much tougher. And you hear on the other hand, oh, it's much easier. And I think for a lot of guys, it's going to be known as the bubble was a lot, a lot easier when you look back on it. But during it, it was a lot tougher because it was just the weirdest thing ever, you know. But looking back on it, it's going to be, oh, yeah, of course, Duncan Robinson went off for, you know, 46 percent, you know, from three. Well, yeah, because there was literally nobody else in the arena besides those guys. And on the other hand, you just... uh, you, you got a bunch of guys on the roster who are all just supporting you and rooting you on, and there's easy recovery time. Easy recovery time. You know, um, Chris Paul talked about that a lot in the recent podcast too with some guys about how that he's just able to recover. Like, they're, instead of it, oh my gosh, it's a back-to-back, that's why we're not playing the next day. It's, oh no, we can easily play the next day because you just literally just walked back to your hotel room and, you know, went or took a bus or whatever, but you know what I mean. Um, you know, and you were good. So especially like LeBron saying, I'm going to sit out half the games this season. To me, that's not insane. It, it is kind of when you think about it, but it's not actually insane if half the Lakers games are on TV and the other half aren't. And LeBron just goes, I'm going to play every single one of those games that's on TV. 
and the others. I mean, I'm just going to rest up. You know what I mean? I mean, LeBron has a shot now. He's getting closer to it where we could be talking about him inching towards MJ's legacy, but that's a whole another podcast, I think, for sure. Ooh, wee. Oh, okay. He's wait. inching towards it. I'm not, I'm not. We do not want to have, Calvin. That is not, that is not one we want to have. Let's go back to the, let's go back to Utah. Let's hope Utah stinks. Those fans are so mean to Russell. They don't deserve anything. Oh, my God. Crap. That's what they get. How about that? Well, well, the one well, dude who wasn't though was Donovan Mitchell outright just saying that's not that's not me that's not you know whatever. So I have a lot of respect for true. him for that's saying true. that. Now the rest of the Utah Jazz roster and Rudy Gobert being an idiot, I don't know. I don't, I don't mess uh, with any of that. But yeah, you're right. Him and Jamal Murray just balling. Well, um, cool Walter, let me ask you about your player awards here. So MVP, you know, I mean, however many you want to do here, but those player awards that you have, who's your kind of vote for player awards for the Eastern Conference? Yeah, I'm going to go most valuable player, number one. I'm going to go Giannis. I know Joel does not have the Bucks very high on his list for some reason. I think he's forgotten how good Giannis is. I'm done. Um, it's kind of, you know, it kind of sounds like you know, a fake for, MVP on it's, a fake it's, team. It's really, it's really a shot at the Packers because what he's saying is, hey, I know you guys just got Giannis to resign, but guess what? They're going to be terrible this year, and then he's going to want to be traded. So it kind of sounds like that's what's happening here, a shot at the Packers more than anything, but – yeah, no, I'm going to go Giannis MVP, a close runner-up. I'm going to go Kevin Durant just because I think he is going to have to like what Billy Donovan can do with the big man. Uh, he's seen it with Steven Adams. He's seen it with Al Horford back in Florida days. I just think he's going to be able to progress to that next level. All right. Uh, Joel, what about you? All right. Uh, so what you rattled off MVP and most improved, right? Yeah, most improved. I guess rookie, I'd probably give it to LaMelo as well. Okay, so we do. Okay, you snuck that one in there. Okay. No, we don't. We don't have to sneak anything in there. <laughs> uh, MVP, uh, man, uh, man, I hate to say I agree, with Walter. So many times at one at one. Oh, segment, Russell but, uh, Westbrook, how about that? Uh, no, uh, I know you had Giannis. Obviously, you already know I'm not going that route. But with um, uh, Kevin Durant, um, obviously, you know, uh, uh, man, he's still showing that uh, you know, that Achilles looks like that was a minor injury when we all know that that was a, a major injury. And so far out the gate with preseason and these first few games of the season uh he showed me enough to, to say if we're talking about an eastern conference mvp uh kevin durant you know um with a uh, most improved player um i mentioned it at the very beginning when we were talking about the cleveland cavaliers and their seating i'm going colin sexton um i've really improved with again that leap that jump from uh from last season to this season thus far um i think he can uh I really take on uh, uh, the top tier scoring uh, role in, in, in Cleveland. Uh, now that he has Garland in place, you know he kind of got the rookie jitters off out of out of a system last year, and um, solidify that two spot, uh, uh, that two guard spot uh, in Cleveland. So I'm going most improved, uh, making that jump. And then, man, rookie, this was tough. Uh, this is probably the one I took the longest time out of all the even that you know, going to our, our award winners on the west side and bringing over to the east side. This was the toughest one I had. Um, again, this was a weak, weak, weak draft class, in my opinion. And so um, I, I'm going <laughs> to just because I know you guys wouldn't go this way. I like to I like for us all to have different answers when it comes to these awards. Uh, I think that makes the world go around pretty well. I'm going to go Isaac Okoro. I know he hasn't got off to a great start yet in cleveland but i think he does have the tools in place to to be a premier um i think well obviously walter you said lamella ball uh, i think that's you know an easy selection i think that's a popular selection but i, I really think um uh with uh terry rogier obviously he could be up there for most approved player uh as well i think terry rogier is making that jump and to try to get back to the superstar category and then um man Devontae Graham, I think, is going to put that log jam at that guard spot to have uh, Lamelo Ball sitting on the uh, on the on the outside of that starting lineup for a good portion, if not the whole season. So that's why I just can't go Lamelo Ball on that one. Yeah, my uh, my MVP, Joel. I unfortunately got to be right there with you and say KD at least until any type of issue health wise or multiple amounts of games missed in a row or something like that comes up and if that's due to you know injury or just kind of preservation whatever it is but if KD does miss multiple games then I think it's something to talk about but until then I I, I will give him the MVP just because Giannis has won it so many times it's almost like with LeBron at this point just MVP fatigue you know so um so I'll go there with you know with KD with rookie of the year, 
I, I, I'm struggling a little bit because I really, really, really want to say Cole Anthony. But at the same point, Markel Fultz just got paid. So it's it's tough here. I I think it could be Cole Anthony, but the other guy I'd say is that if Obi Toppin is able to shoot threes a little bit, just a little bit, and he's like a bright spot for the Knicks, then I think it could be Obi Toppin's to lose. Because we we talk about the Knicks way more than we ever talked about the Cavs, at least on ESPN, at least Fox Sports. You know, that's who we that's who I hear on Sports Center like day in, day out. And say, oh, it's the Knicks to this, oh, it's the Knicks to this, oh, it's the Knicks to this. I'm over here going. I mean, the last time that some of these Eastern Conference teams made the playoffs was forever ago. So why are we not talking about them? And instead, we're talking about the Knicks over and over and over. So I think Obi Topping could be one of those guys who just we see a lot on like NBA TV or um, TNT or ESPN or whatever, and just merely highlights, and that could influence the voting a little bit for Rookie of the Year. Now, I think the actual Rookie of the Year voting award will and I think you guys are the same way here come out of the west but for rookie of the year eastern conference guy you know I'll, I'll stick a leg out here and I'll say Cole Anthony my my one for um western conference was uh <laughs> well not looking too good right now but it was uh, uh Devin um oh gosh I forgot his last name Devin Smith I think with the Phoenix Suns but anyways that's my my rookie Jaylen. Year. yeah thank you thank you uh, Jalen mm-hmm. Smith with the Phoenix Suns but my rookie of the year um, in the East, I'm gonna say Cole Anthony, just because I think he'll get the the minutes and playing time, and I'll go down with that. Most improved player is one that you, you could talk to me about several, you know, hundred guys being it, but for the East, I, I, I guess I'm I'm gonna go with like Jalen Brown. I just think that maybe the extra playing time gives him that much more, and we see it year over year, whatever it is. I would say, oh, you know what? It's going to be Jimmy Butler. But no, it's not Jimmy Butler. Um, He's already so good. I don't necessarily know how much better he could get. Whereas Jalen Brown, if he gets a lot more minutes to play, could be the difference. You know, whereas Jason Tatum, I think, is already so good. So it's kind of, it's got to be a guy who's was good last year, but not great. But, you know, he's going to be able to do some a little bit more this year. And whoever takes those Gordon Hayward minutes, if that's Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum or, or whatever happens there, that's going to be the difference. So I'll say Jalen Brown for now. I think he represents himself extremely well um, on and off the court. And I think he'll be talked a lot about as well, too, just because he is a Celtic. So, I mean, it's not going to go to Gordon Hayward. You know, I mean, it's not going to go to some of these guys who, you know, aren't going to be in the playoffs. So it's kind of got to be a must improve player. It kind of has to be a playoff guy, but also on a team that you'd watch a lot. And I think the Celtics kind of, toe that line perfectly there with Jalen Brown. So I'm, I'm going to go with him as most improved player. I don't think it necessarily has to be a playoff guy. Uh, Brandon Ingram won it last year. That's true. That's true. Um, and I mean, it, it could it could be one of the, you know, I mean, it could be one of these guys here who's in the playing tournament for sure. Uh, I mean, it could be somebody we're talking about. Oh, most improved player is Trey Young. But, oh, that's because he has such an improved roster. So I, I just... It's hard for me to go, oh, you know what? I'm going to go with this one definitive answer because it's just such a a narrative voting. Like Ramona Shelburne said on ESPN you know, earlier on this year, she votes for MVP off of the narrative, off the story. So you can tell me most of your players are going to be Kevin Durant because he didn't play last year, you know? <laughs> but that's never going to happen. So, I, But when somebody says, hey, you know what? They're going MVP off the narrative, then I think most of your player... Pascal Siakam won it because he had amazing stats and did amazingly well. So Jalen Brown's able to have amazing stats and do amazingly well again, you know, but in this next season with a little more playing time, all type of stuff, it could be him. And, and you know what? I'm not going to throw not going to throw out the idea that TJ Warren's right there, too, that it wasn't like, hey, it should be TJ Warren because he is able to play a little bit like he was in the bubble last year, too. But I'll, I'm going to say Jalen Brown is my official like the one I'm going down with to, you know, to be it. So, well, I think that kind of rounds it all out. I mean, do we want to talk about uh, anything else real quick? Coach of the year, most improved player. I mean, I think that type of stuff we probably get to later on. Joe, correct me if I'm wrong. You said uh, your Western Conference Rookie of the Year was Pope Chester for Thunder, right? 
Not even close, man. Not, that no, I don't pick junior high. No, we're not doing junior high kids for those type of awards. No, Tyrese Halliburton out of Sacramento in Sacramento. Uh, yeah, and, and to be honest, it's looking pretty darn good right now, guys. Not looking bad at all. Pokachevsky is gonna be MVP of Shaq to the Fool this year, though, for sure. Oh my god, he's already been on it three times. Yeah. One to oh, yeah. Red. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not a not well, a great see, day. You guys see when uh when the Thunder beat Utah, you guys will see. <laughs> Let me know how that works out, Walt, because I'm real curious yeah, will, to see you. Don't worry, don't worry. You'll get, you'll get, you'll get texted it. You'll get texted it tonight. Don't worry, guys. Not that I'm not a huge Thunder fan. Didn't grow up completely as a Thunder fan, but I just the Bokachevsky love needs uh, needs a lot more time to work in there for me. So hey, hey, Walter, on your most improved, you said R.J. Barrett, um, and you're pretty aware that I have him on my fantasy basketball roster. So is it needless to say that you're pretty impressed by my uh, uh, draft picks? Honestly, I'm in two fantasy basketball leagues. I thought RJ was on my team. I guess he's on my other team because I'm on the league with you and I'm in a league with Calvin. Got to be participating in both y'all's leagues. But uh, no, your team in fantasy basketball, man. I mean, you're you're so good with fantasy football. It's just ama- it, it amazes me how terrible you are at fantasy basketball. I was on auto draft last year. I was uh, moving. Uh, I was moving. Oh, how convenient. I'm, uh, oh, Auto draft gave yeah. me two injured guys out the gate. <laughs> My top oh, two picks. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Uh, George, press office. Yeah, that doesn't Schultz. that doesn't help you two years ago, but uh, you know, yeah, it was you know, last year, I guess. Auto draft. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, we call Joel donation in fantasy basketball. Not at all. Not at all. not the name at all. It was unfortunate time. A big big night for the goat Joel DeNicolo. He crowns a champion in his coveted fantasy football league, probably the best in the country, if you ask me. Um, and I know he's uh, really excited to do that. Of course, he won't be uh, naming himself champion since he, he's not in the, the Super Bowl. But, uh, you know, there's a shot, Calvin, because I'm in the fantasy Super Bowl. So uh, who knows? Maybe may, maybe it could be my night. Huh? What do you think, Goat? Uh, Calvin, uh, what he is saying is ironically uh, somewhat true. Walter is playing uh, in the 10th annual Atmix Fantasy Football League Championship. Uh, keep in mind, he didn't even, this is his third year, never made the playoffs before this year. So it's kind of. That's because I was uh, last year, but. I guess it's, uh, th- third year's the charm kind of playing in, in the situation. But uh, uh, the way it's looking right now. Um, well, we got a Cole Beasley matchup, uh, versus, uh, what Singletary and, um, what I think our point that you're having to, uh, make up for is about seven points. You're behind the eight balls by seven points with a guy on each side. Uh, Walter, I I wish you the best of luck. You are one heck of a competitor. I enjoy your enthusiasm. You're very entertaining, but go Jody. Oh gosh! Oh, no. Wow, I understand because Jody's been in it for ten years and has never been. I understand this, but she's an original, uh, she's an original with very little she's an original with very little very experience original. in those ten years. Yeah, I get it. I get it. All right. Well, uh, last question for you guys being out the podcast: Will there be a more lopsided loss this season than fifty-one points? Will there be a greater loss this season? Than 51 points? <laughs> 51 points. No, no. <laughs> I was, I was wondering if guys are going to come at me on this one. Obviously, you know, from the last Western Conference preview, and I'm still sticking to it. It was one game, like Paul George said. It's one game. They're still going to finish with the number one record in the Western Conference Finals. Quote me, tag me. It was just a god awful night. No Kawhi Leonard, and you got to remember, there in the Christmas celebrations, they were in Denver, Colorado, playing the oh, last game. On- hey, hey, these are human beings with families, and they want to celebrate, and so they had to celebrate instead of Friday night or Friday period. You know, uh, they're in Denver the whole day, obviously playing the last game of the day, and then they had to catch a flight literally the very next morning. Uh, and just kind of had they, you know, they celebrated the, their Christmas one day late on the 26th, and obviously put up a dud yesterday. Embarrassing, uh, but it's one game. All I'll say is yes. I think there will be a more lopsided loss in the NBA this season. I think that a team will lose by 52 Ooh. instead of just 51. Who the Wizards? Well, we're gonna no. Well, no. I think that'd be funny. 
We know in this podcast, we know Westbrook will get much shots like that. Westbrook, Russell's throws up, man. Those leads into transition buckets for other teams. Yeah, but Westbrook will draw, you know, draw enough fouls at the foul line or whatever. I just don't think another. I think another NBA team could go worse from three. I mean, the Clippers only shot 19 threes in that game, and they lost by 50, right? I mean, they, they were, what, so like three and 19? Who's capable of also pulling off the, those type of shenanigans? Who, who you got? Give me a team. I could easily see the Nets just absolutely demolishing the Cavaliers at some point during the season. I mean, no, just... What the- of all the things, Cleveland? No, 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 no. You're, Come you're on. real high on the Cleveland talk, but I mean, the Bulls or somebody? I mean... Maybe not Cleveland because they do have enough guys to get rebounds. At Cleveland least. just took out Philadelphia. Well, well, yeah, but like the Clippers <laughs> took out the Lakers. I'm not putting too much stock in like the you know the the game to game. What I'm saying is is that I it's going to have to be a team that doesn't shoot incredibly well versus a team and that doesn't rebound incredibly well versus a team that does shoot incredibly well and does rebound pretty darn good and play in transition. So I think that a healthy Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving going up against the Cavs or going up against the oh, Bulls. Say the Knicks. Say the Knicks. Say I mean, the Knicks. mean, maybe the yeah, or the Knicks. <laughs> I mean, I mean, one of those three. The Nets are going to score at such a prolific pace this whole season with Steve Nash, the head coach, and Mike D'Antoni, seven seconds or less, that I could easily see the Nets beating somebody by fifty-two. You know, and and that's kind of what world I'm playing in here is that the Clippers and the Mavericks are going to make the playoffs this year, and so for that that game to be so lopsided of a loss and such a huge and insanely weird outcome and halftime score, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think that's not be, I don't think that's going to be crazy at the end of the season. I think we're going to see another couple teams lose by a lot as well. I mean, the Warriors lost by 40 to the Bucks, and they've got staff. So that that's all I'm getting at here is that it's not that crazy to think that two teams are going to play each other later on the season that are in the same conference. They see each other multiple times, but also are, at more drastic ends of the scale and play each other and win, you know, win by a lot more than, than this. I mean, the, the I'd be shocked to the Clippers only, you know, score, you know, uh, less than 77 in another game this season, right? Like the Clippers are not going to score less than 77 again, but on a one night game, who knows? I mean, it's not that crazy to me to think that like the, the Thunder versus the Nets, and Katie really wants to just absolutely just stick at Oklahoma City for whatever godly reason. And Katie just doesn't go off for like 50, and Kyrie goes off for 40, and it's just kind of insane. I mean, I know Walter's muted right now, but it's 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 not that crazy for me to think that a team that doesn't rebound well and doesn't shoot that well will play a team like the Nets that scores incredibly well, at least so far. Yeah, so, sorry. My dogs so. wanted to say hi, and the cat wanted to say hi to Joel. had to be myself up. For just a second, um, before we end up this podcast, uh, Joel, they do say hello, by the way. Oh, good. How's the diabetes? Uh, the, the cat doesn't have diabetes, just got big fur, but uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'm just glad he's still with us today. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, no, he, he is. He's still, still good, still good. Hope, hopes he make, uh, uh, hope he makes it to 2021. Yeah, no, it, he will. No problem at all. Okay. All right. It's December 28th. We got two premier matchups uh well you guys would probably say three you, know, you guys probably want to throw the jazz and thunder in there but we got houston at denver tonight but then to close out the night we got portland at lakers um close it out what any predictions i mean i thought by 20 oh there, okay. there it is all right yeah. all right thanks thanks for joining there us tonight is. walter right. on the latest episode of the cga tour um walter's your one of the co-hosts i i I don't know. I'm I'm real up and down the whole season so far. So, I at least the Lakers Trailblazers tonight. I mean, I'm gonna say Lakers win it. I don't. I mean, I don't think that's a crazy thought. I guess. I don't know. What What we're are you thinking about, here? We're, we're gonna talk more about Portland on our next one, our next podcast because uh, uh, they're kind of limping out the gates you know, to start to start the season, and uh, I think the. Uh, I don't know. Uh, between, uh, I have to recap. You know some of the information you guys threw about the Blazers, and uh, I'm not to question that one. But yeah, Lakers. Yeah, take care of business. Easy. Anthony Davis sat last night. Obviously playing a, a terrible Minnesota team for tonight's matchup. Um, uh, you know, obviously you know Carmelo in the building. You know, you already know the little rivalry they have with LeBron. It might be a little interesting for a little bit, maybe a, maybe a quarter or two. But of course, uh, let's go uh, Lakers over Blazers by 19. 
I, I mean, I could easily see that happening, or I could see the Blazers winning by two. At this point in the season, nothing would truly shock me because the Lakers did play last night. So if they need a lot of help from guys that are not LeBron and AD, then and those guys aren't able to help out, I mean, then I could see the, the Lakers losing. I mean, I, I know it's two home games in a row for them, but... And AD, like you said, didn't play last night, but neither did Cat. So, I don't know. It's it, it's tough for me there. I, I say the Jazz beat the Thunder, unfortunately. And I think the Grizzlies-Nets is going to be a super good game just because KD and Kyrie are out. So, I could see Grizzlies winning this one, to be honest. <laughs> be a little weird. But yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie's out Spencer Dinwiddie's out too with the torn, partially torn ACL. So, that's kind of another wrinkle in this yeah. whole thing. Rockets-Nuggets, though, I think will be the best game of the night. Just most competitive. Yeah, that could be fun. That could be fun. Christian Wood versus Nikola Jokic. That could be fun. Yeah, Christian Wood. Hey, it could be a, a for obviously on the west side most improved player. Hey, you know what? Didn't throw him in there yet, but um, if we can show up to practice on time. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> so, uh, with all that being said, Joel, thanks as always for joining here on the latest episode of the CJ Tour podcast. We're going to come up with a great name for this and do this uh, NBA podcast with Joel and Walter weekly here starting next week with the same at least date releasing the episodes of the podcast. And so, Joel, as always, thanks so much for joining and please follow at the CGA Tour if you're still listening and feel free to give us a rating review on iTunes and include a question on there as well. Happy to answer on the podcast too. So thanks so much. We'll catch you guys again soon.